Yes, welcome to No Ideas Original Podcast featuring Shanam, Mr. Rob, and Zane. What's good, y'all? How you doing? What's up, y'all? Good. How are you? I'm good. Zane, you there? Yeah, I'm freeze frame. Zane is on live. Zane, you on live. Yo, don't it feel kind of weird doing this on a Monday? We used to only doing this on Fridays now. Yeah, it's all right, though. But, you know, we make a year, brother. Today makes a year. Happy anniversary, dogs. Yeah, man. A year. Wow. Yeah, this, is, this is the one-year joint. Let me, let's let see if we get up on the screen the very first uh, episode that we did. There it is. Wow. That's when we, that, was, that was the pre-YouTube days. That was when we were only on SoundCloud, right? We covered a lot of ground over here, man. Yeah, son. This is what, our 63rd, 4th show? 63rd, 4th, something like that. That's not counting, like, bonus episodes and all kind of other things. And, and then, what, 19, 18, 19 of the sports show? So, yeah, we can put this on work, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking to a lot of different people, too. That's what I, I was saying before we got started. Like, one of the dope things I, I really appreciate about the show is that the show is kind of taking on a life of its own where we're not necessarily in one lane. You know, we, we, we're in a number of lanes. We speak to hip-hop folks. We'll speak to in the conscious community. We'll speak to elders. We'll speak to business people. And tonight, um, as a result of, of us giving back and saying thank you for our first, um, you know, for our one-year anniversary, we're speaking to entrepreneurs. And the reason why we thought it'd be dope to speak to entrepreneurs is because this podcast was founded, you know, out of two things. One, out of entrepreneurial spirit. And then two, I think, founded just by the, uh, the grace of COVID hit. We're in the midst of a pandemic. There's nothing we could do. Yo, Rob, come over, come to the basement. Let's yeah, get it cracking. And that was dope. And, you know, Janelle was kind of like, all right, they're good people. I'm going to let you out the house. I'm like, all right. <laughs> but, nah, but it, but it gave us a platform too, to unleash and kind of share some of our ideas with the public. And have some great conversation, man. And every episode has been a great episode. We've been getting love and support. Those, I mean, even our, our viewership is going up. Our our watch time is moving. You know, it's pretty pretty decent, man. And I'm and I'm I'm pretty I'm appreciated for everything that has happened, man. It's kept me busy. Mm-hmm. I'm dealing with. Just to give everybody a good news, I had went to my doctor today. It's been about a year since I've had my surgery, removing my old kidneys that had cancer on them. Come to find out, after they removed those kidneys one year later, I am 100% cancer free. That's a blessing. Congratulations, man. That's a blessing. Things is moving in a progressive way. We got a great podcast. We, we got great chemistry, the three of us. Yo, man, let's keep moving, man. Yeah. Ponsole 365. What's up, King? How you doing? Zane, you back? Zane? Zane, you with us? No, Zane is not with us. Zane is not with us. Zane is not here today. Zane is taking the, on the one year anniversary, Zane is taking the day off. Paso, what's good, sir? Good to see you, peace. Yo, let's, 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 uh, let's get right with it and start calling the entrepreneurs up so they can come up and talk about their, um, you know, their product, what they're promoting. Go. Bring Desmond up first. What's up, Desmond? How you doing? Yes, what's up? going on brothers what's up man How you How you can't complain it's a nice day outside so no complaints here yeah, okay everybody we got desmond from east space noir so desmond you want to tell us a little bit about east space noir 
Sure, sure. So um, we're in an event space located in Harlem, New York. Um, the actual pronunciation is a uh, spase, Shannon, um, and that's like a. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's like a. So it's a. Um, it's a play on the French language. Essentially, it means black space. Um, so we, you know, we opened this space up in. That's we were up and running September of 2020 and been going strong since. So just a multi-purpose event space that's for our community, for our community to utilize in many different ways. So you guys opened up during the pandemic? Pandemic strong, man. We started, we got the keys in August and we've been having events in the space since September. Nice. Yo, Jess, tell me how, how becoming a new entrepreneur, how has that affected family life? I mean, the family's been rolling right along with us, right? So um, a lot of what we do is renting out the space. So as I said, for many different types of events, but a lot of events that we do get are dinner parties, birthday dinners and things of that nature. So we also offer doing decor for those type of events. So um, you know, as you guys may know, you know, we have three kids and two of which are young twins. and. Oldest turning 16 in July, we all roll together. You know, the, everyone's helping out. Kids are there helping out, blowing up balloons, and the, the yeah. oldest is there helping out, you know, hanging out and helping out. So it's, it's just been a family venture. So it's been great. Along with our partner and her family, her sons come along as well. So it's, it's been great. So where the idea come from? So it, originally it was um, three three friends and we all just sat down and, you know, came up with the idea of an event space. Um, one of our partners, Alexia, she was something that she's wanted to do for quite some time. She's always been in kind of that event world. Um, so just brought the idea to us and we kind of ran with it. You know, as you mentioned earlier, right, it was middle of pandemic and you just kind of, in a way, you're kind of bored. So you're like, all right, let's try something, you know, let's give it a go. So that's what we did. Yo, can you can you describe or outline what a typical day is for you? Yeah, so um, it's it's three partners. So it's my, me, myself, my wife, and our friend Alexia. And I guess a typical day for the business is clients, first off, us posting things on social media to grab that attention. Right. Um, clients reaching out to us, asking us questions about the space, pricing, um, what we do. Um, times, things of that nature. And um, I guess also showing the space, right? So sometimes people, you know, they might've been there for a previous event or just word of mouth. So they want to come view the space themselves. Right. So, you know, scheduling appointments for people to come in, view the space and kind of them having us walk through what they're looking to do and us just throwing in some advice due to having multiple events and trying to make the best of their events. That's the, the typical kind of day set up for us when we're, working with Spasa. <laughs> so what made you guys um, decide to select Harlem as the location? So, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. So uh, we live in Connecticut, as far as my wife and I, our partner Alexia lives in the Bronx. Um, my wife's from Harlem. Um, so for, for us, it just, it works out perfect. And I always tell my coworkers out here in Connecticut, like this, in my mind, this idea would be very silly if you try this in Connecticut. It's just, it's not the demographic for it, right? But in Harlem, you know, there's, there's, you know, it's not as many homes as far as houses. People are living mostly in apartments. They don't have the space to throw their own events. 
um, as opposed to in Connecticut. Someone can do it in their backyard, their basement, wherever. But in Harlem, it's different. So people are always looking to to have a good time, right? So and the space has just been utilized for, and not just having a good time. It's been we've had art galleries. Um, unfortunately, we've had um, repasses. You know, people don't have a place to kind of get together after those funerals. We've had birthday parties. We've had business seminars. So it's it's truly been utilized for so many different things. Um, which has been great because we're just seeing our community really love the space and, and use it for its purpose. Well, let me let me ask you: Have you have y'all ever had to turn down a client? Yes. <laughs> I mean, so you know what it is. Sometimes clients ask for like crazy stuff, right? And in the beginning, it's it was a learning process, and we're still learning. But one of the biggest things we had to inform clients is that we're, we're not a club. We're not a lounge, you know? You can't rent our space till three o'clock in the morning. That's not happening, you know? Like, it's just certain things can't happen. We had someone reach out to us recently that wanted to do something for, you know, 420. Um, we all know what 420 is, right? And so, you know, to each its own, you know, every, everyone does their own. <laughs> to each his own. Every, everyone has their own recreational activities, but you know, we we can't have it in our space. It can't be a a full 420 event. So we've had to turn down quite a few, whether it's due to the type of event or in COVID, more importantly now, it's been the amount of people. People just want to have events and they, they want to slam 75 people in one space. It can't happen right now. So a cap a head count, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So in New York, we just, it was, for the most part of this, in New York, it's been 25. Wow. So we've been having really small, intimate events. Um, but it's worked out, though. I think people are learning that you don't have to invite the world to your event to have a good time. So, pretty it's, good. It's funny you say that, like, being selective, like I said, and who you actually lease the space to. Because in my mind, I was thinking in Harlem, I could see people saying, well, we want to rent it out. To, to have a party, to watch a fight party, or to watch a versus, or something mm -hmm. like that. Like, so what? I guess what's the process for you making the determination as to if a person can use the space? They have, of course, they have to tell you what the event is for. Yeah. But what does that look like? So it's just conversational, right? Like, you know, just really diving in to figure out what they're trying to use the space for and being direct. Just asking people, what do you, what do you want to do? And a lot of times, people just spill the beans, right? Because they need your help. It's your space. So whether it's for decor, whether it's for the the, the legalities of, of following COVID restrictions, they're up front. Um, but the biggest thing that we really do have to, that people aren't as upfront about, is the amount of people they're going to have it there. Yeah. And I don't know if it's, if it's due to them not knowing or them just not wanting to tell the truth. But um, that's one thing that we've definitely had to kind of um, be more diligent about, like how many people are you gonna have and really continue following up and keep pushing the message that you just can't be a packed out club. That's right, that's right. You don't wanna get shut down, man, because you don't violate the rules. Right. You have the, le you have the legal team in there, the alphabet boys would be knocking on your door like- oh, Don't want it, don't come here. You got 200 in here. <laughs> how do you know, but how do you regulate that? Like what do you, what, you know? Do you have somebody so, who stays at the event to monitor? We do. We have, we have someone who, who stays and, and monitors the event. Um, we have someone who opens and closes the events. 
Occasionally that's us, but we try not to. So, you know, we have employees that do it. And so they're the, just the ones that kind of monitor it, just going in and out, making sure that people are abiding by the rules, doing as they said they would do. Um, but it's hard. And that's just, that's part of the learning curve. In the beginning, we didn't know. We were just jumping in. And as I said, we're still in the beginning. But after having multiple events, you kind of know when to spot someone who's going to do something that <laughs> you're not really interested in doing. There's always those red flags. They, they start popping up. That leads to my next question. What's, what are your greatest fears? How do you manage those fears? I guess, I mean, the, the biggest fear for me is failure. Like, you know, I'm like a, on my outside work, right? I'm, I'm a, like a money guy in a way. So it's always like, how is this going to make sense financially? For us? Um, and it's just constantly pushing marketing through social media, through word of mouth, um, doing stuff like this that you great brothers um, awarded me the opportunity to do. That's just the way that we stay above water, right? It's just putting, putting our name out there. And another thing that we take pride in is just really doing the best by the clients that, that come into the space, right? Because the best referral is word of mouth. When people have an event with us and they say they loved it and they go back and tell their friends, that's how we're going to keep business going, especially in a small knit community like Harlem. Right. Um, you, you don't want to get bad press. You want, you, right. know, you, want, you want the positive news. And so that's what's been happening. People just telling their friends and just constantly getting referrals that way. Yeah, I say it, it's not just customer service, but it's also customer satisfaction. Definitely. Right. You want them to be satisfied so they can go tell someone, yo, I was down in Harlem and it's the spot, man. You get 30 heads in there. We have a great time. <laughs> you might not be right. what's, the, uh, what's, the, what's the square footage? So we're a thousand square feet on the inside. Um, we have a small backyard that's about 300 square feet. Nice. So we, we really cater to intimate events, right? So that's, that's truly been our niche for the moment. And we hope to, for it to continue to be our niche. We don't, there is other competition that, that you can pack 100, 150 people in. That's right. great. If you're looking for that, that's what you need to go there. But if you're looking for that smaller event, um, and once COVID kind of releases a little bit, you know, we'll, we'll go up as far as the amounts. Of, I believe now it's about 40 or 50. Yeah, it's um, increasing. Yeah, so it's increasing. And those are still small, intimate events, right? So mm -hmm. that's just what we're looking for. You know, it's, it's good. I mean, I don't know if that's what you guys intentionally set out for, but I think COVID is kind of helped you found a niche to go with, you know, this is an intimate environment. And it sets the tone for, you know, for what your space is going to be. Because like you said, if not, people will be trying to rent it out to do anything. When you said red flags, one of the things that popped in my head is that if somebody show up to rent your space and they're holding a bottle of Hennessy, <laughs> that might be a <laughs> but you're right though you're right like you know COVID has made us it, it's given us that niche like we do know what we're looking for as far as clients right like we know the type well not really clients we know what types of events we like mm -hmm. that's the best way to put it we'll have all different types of events but certain events we really like okay. so um and that and that's what it's taught us it's it's in New York the time limit was 10 o'clock so that was a great lesson for us too like 10 o'clock is fine you know people of our age range right i don't want to be outside till 12 1 o'clock anyway right i want to be done at 10 and back home by 11 or 12. right right you know? so that's actually what we've experienced people of our age range and they're okay with it ending at 
10 o'clock and, and, you know, and having their event at a good time and they, they had fun. So that COVID has, has helped us as bad as COVID is, it's helped us in that way as far as managing our business. Zane said, what are the rates for using the Spase Noir? Sure, so as far as weekday rates, it's 200 an hour. Um, in regards to weekend rates, it's 250. Um, weekdays, we have a minimum mandatory of two hours. On the weekends, the minimum is four hours. And there's different price breaks that we offer if you're renting out for a certain amount of time, but those, those that's pretty much the hourly rate. Right. Yeah, you guys are pretty affordable, especially being Harlem. It is. It, it re yeah, it really is. And then when people are tacking on if they want to do decor and everything, like our, our goal is not to jerk the community, right? Like we don't, we're not trying to rip anyone off. We want this, of course, to be a profitable business, but you know, we just want people to enjoy their own community, their neighborhood, right? So for them to have a clean, nice space and to be treated the right way, that's our intent. So we're not trying to rip anyone off. We want reasonable prices and we want people to have a good time and um, get their money's worth. Right, right, right. What, what are your most satisfying moments being in business? Um, for me, it's just seeing the, like I'll give you an example with one of the events we did. We did, this was one we just decided to do. We did like a little art class for kids. Dope. And for me, it was the dopest thing ever because a lot of the parents were like, you know, during the pandemic, the kids aren't really getting out doing anything. So this gave them the opportunity to, to just get out, meet other little kids. And it wasn't a lot of them. We, we had separate classes so that we don't have too many at once. Right. But it was just a good time, like kids drawing and right. um, it was kind of like, a, it was a sip and paint, just a kid element. So they had little juice box, <laughs> potato chips and you know, stuff like that. And they, and they had their art class. It was so cool. So. Events like that, seeing an art gallery dead smack in the middle of Harlem and a young artist just starting off doing her thing and just certain events are just cool to see that you were able to provide a space or an opportunity for someone else to, to move their business forward. And it brings back that community element too, because we grew up in environments like that where the community center had the painting and the art and crafts and those types of things, man. That's kind of like the dope guys. That was dope, man. I'm glad y'all went through this job, man. Right. Yeah. Let me ask you this is this um is this you and your wife's first business? First business venture? It is. Have, have you found, have you found out that it's a lot more difficult? Uh, being an entrepreneur and working with somebody else—you work a lot. Definitely, definitely is. <laughs> I found that out. I guess. I guess my original intent was to be a lot more hands-off, um, and not to say that certain businesses can't, and not to say that this one can't. But at this moment, it can't. It can't. So um, that was my biggest lesson: is to know that there is no hands-off. We're we, we're all in. Right. Right. What motivates y'all, man? What keeps y'all motivated? Um, success, right? Just wanting to see this through. Like, you know, we don't, we don't want to fail. Yeah. And so far it's been good. So that's just, you know, and, and just the lessons for the kids, right? I mentioned we have, you know, we have three daughters, right? So for them to be able to see that, you know, you can, you know, you can have your nine to five, right? And, but you can also jump out there and, and be your own boss, right? You can have the best of both worlds in regards to that. So a lot of things that we do are lessons for them so that they can see, um, the positive things that we're doing and they can take from that and, and kind of move forward.
Well, Des, we got your social media on the screen, but go ahead and plug if you want to give the address, your number. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. So um, our Instagram is what you guys have at Espace Noir NYC. Our email, um, E-S-P-A-C-E-N-O-I-R.NYC at Gmail. Um, so you can always reach out to us by email if you're looking to view the space or have any questions. Um, and you can also reach out uh, number 347-367-4432. So those are all the different ways that people typically contact us, whether through Instagram, direct phone call, or just hitting us up on the email. You can do all three, so feel yep. free. Well, Doug, we appreciate you dropping in the plug, Espace Noir. Uh, I appreciate you, brothers, and happy anniversary. Thank you, bro. Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah, that's dope. Yo, you got to tip your cap to anybody to start a business. Yo, in the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Keep it out on space, man. They, they, they've been doing pretty well, man. I remember when they first said, yo, we're going about to, about to jump out there. I'm like, what? Yeah, we're about to jump out there, man. So, yeah. shout out to them, especially in Harlem, when you know it could be crazy down there. Yeah. Yeah, you know what was cool about it, though? Like, look at how, um, you know, taking something as horrible as the pandemic and as negative as COVID and using that kind of to be able to, be able to build your niche and got it. Like what he's saying is true. You know, a lot of people realize during the height of COVID, like, you know what, I don't need to be out to one or two in the morning to have a great time. You know, there's no reason why I can't have a nice event during the day with a limited amount of people and have the same amount of success and probably help to breed a more professional environment, a professional crowd. So, yeah, hope that they had that little segment kids and the art, doing the art, art thing or whatever, man, come on, man, that, that's a win-win right there, man. Yo, let's bring fragrant body oils in. What's up, brother? How you doing? Hey! What's going on, y'all? What's up, what's up, what's up? Hey, you, you still move with the weather's nice, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in Florida. I'm in Florida. Okay. I'm in Jacksonville, what Florida. Florida are you in? Jacksonville. Nice. Yeah, What's yeah, up, yeah. Sean? How you doing, What's bro? What's up, man? How you? Hey, man. Congratulations, man. I will be praying for you, brother. I'm glad to hear the good news, man. I really am. That it touched my heart, man. I'm, 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 I'm. You a good brother, man. I'm glad it's working out, man. And congratulations on the on the show, man. Yeah, man. Anniversary show and you know the kidney situation, man. I come from good stock, man. We come from Word good up. stock. Man. We Word up. How to stand up, up things by ourselves. So, so Word man. up. Word so, up. Word so. up. And I got two calendars. Oh, nice. I got three. I got three. I bought three. I gave one of my um, my people. Yeah. Real one. Tell, tell us about fragrant body oils. How'd you get started and when did you start? Um, so I started with two other brothers in 2000 and uh, I think it's what year we in? I think 2005, I think, or two, 2008, something like that. But anyway, I mean, I to, to condense the, uh, a long story, being up in New York, you know, it's oils everywhere. I came right. down south, I was trying to buy oils. People was like, well, we got Egyptian musk, that's it? You know, so essentially, one of my friends, I, I'm not even going, I can't front, one of my, my friends was like, yo, we need to sell oils. So it started from there, just kind of doing the research, buying from up top, coming down, selling them, opening up flea markets, um, we kind of disbanded, but I, I kind of kept it going. Eventually right. getting in malls. I, I, I'm a tech person, you know what I'm saying? I love technology. So I was an early adopter to eBay. So once I started selling on eBay, I was like, wait a second. They give me the money first, then I send them the oil? 
it was like, okay, this is a no-brainer, and I sent it everywhere. So when I started seeing the sales creep up, <clears throat> excuse me, I actually closed my flea market spot and um, just focused on that. Well, fast forward, you know, when malls started kind of going down way before the pandemic, malls started accepting small businesses. So when I got that, well, another friend of mine said, hey, you should try to get in the mall. So I ended up doing the paperwork, getting in the mall, and ended up being in the, in the mall here for about five years, opened different spots in different malls and realized, you know, hand to hand plus the internet, it's a winning combination. Um, so, and then, uh, and I know I'm spinning off, you know, I start talking, man, I, I go crazy. <laughs> but at, <laughs> so as time progressed, I started realizing you know, the mall is really a hub just to get customers. You don't need to stay in the mall. You need to be in the mall 12 months, that's it. And now with that technology, this is when Facebook started popping. I had a notebook there, got everybody Facebook, started adding them on Facebook, get their emails, start sending out newsletters, close the mall down, open up another spot. So now you're not playing by the mall rules because the mall, if you're not open at 10 o'clock, they find you. If you don't stay open until 9 p.m., they find you. If somebody's not at your store or the cart or something happens, they're finding you. So, um, so, so fast forward again, um, you know, a lot, a lot of this industry, the bigger industry is controlled by Arabs, right? right. right. So they do a lot of the manufacturing. Mm -hmm. So within the last four years, I was able to get to the place where I could manufacture my own. So now we've carved out a nice niche where we're in our own lane. And I could say that not bragging, but we are a company that has our own fragrances. So when you get our fragrances, so for instance, we'll release a fragrance that nobody else in the world has released in the oil form. So it, it, it makes us unique right. to the business. You know what right. I'm saying? So let's just, I'm not gonna call any fragrances names, but let's say we had no ID no idea, original, uh, you know, original fragrance. But let's just say it's a bigger brand name. Right. But so if somebody Googles that in body oil, we're the only ones that come up. Mm. See what I'm saying? So, so when you start getting 100, 200 fragrances like that, even if only 100 people in one year look for this one fragrance and we're the only ones that have it, Got we have 100 on. customers from yeah. that one fragrance. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. yeah yeah, so we, I've been fortunate, man. Um, I, I, I've been really fortunate. I, it took a long time to get to this place. I was a guidance counselor for uh, 12 years here in, in, in Jacksonville while I was building the business. Mm -hmm. uh, like the brother said right before this, like when you start talking about hands off, I'm just now getting to the place where it's more hands off, not hands off, but more <laughs> than before. You know what I'm saying? Because it's still, once you get to the place where at first when you're in a business, you the running back, you the quarterback, you call in the plays, you do the grounds, you know what I'm saying? You take the score, all you do everything. Right. Now I get to the sideline, now I'm calling the plays for my manager, like, yo, call this play. Mm -hmm. And just kind of, you know, surround yourself with a with a with a team. And when I say surround, I mean cultivate because everybody that works or or is a team member at FBO, we've cultivated a relationship with their family. They're not workers, like. You know what I'm saying? When they text me late and something's going wrong, I, it's my family. I'm like, damn, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta help them. You know what I'm saying? There's a question. There's a question coming from the chat. Z Henderson is asking, how many oils or fragrances are available? Uh, from us, we have about 
I would say about 400. Um, wow. Oh, okay, I see it on the screen now. Okay, yeah, we have about 400 fragrances. But again, we, we really are in a different space now because we deal with a lot of niche fragrances. So pretty much 90% of our new fragrances that come out are from, I won't say obscure brands, but brands that, like, like for instance, Versace makes robes, um, they make shoes, they make shirts. A lot of the fragrance houses we're dealing with now, they make fragrances. That's that's what they do. Right. You know what I'm saying? So while people think Ralph and Versace and um, you know Creed, you know these like those are the real the real fragrance houses. They're really not. You know that you have these uh, uh, another lane. And what happens is, especially in our community, we catch on to these things later. You know, we we confront all we want, but a lot of the fragrances people ask me for now. People ask for Creed a lot now. I was, I, I've been carrying Creed for 11 years. That's not, it's nothing new and it's not, you know, it's not out the realm for us now. Now I'm like, yo, you need to get on this MFK. You know, you need to get on this, on this Parfums de Marley. You know what I'm saying? You, on, on the next level where when you go somewhere, you truly smell like an original. You know what I'm saying? We don't want to go outside. Everybody smell like Sauvage. Everybody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Homeless people smell like Sauvage. Now, this point, yeah, and I'm fragrance because that's a that's a fresh fragrance. Don't I in front on it. Um, how has COVID impacted your business? Um, we've been fortunate. Again, I'm I'm a I'm a tech person. You know what I'm saying. So while our retail suffered um, because of social distancing, and we were in a mall, so we were kind of in an open space, and they kind of shut the mall, but allowed us to still ship. A lot of companies had to figure out how to ship things. We was already doing it. So now, let's just say somebody in New York, they can't get to their oil person. They online like, okay, they ship, all right. So we was boom. And our, our process is, you know, within 48 hours, you're gonna get tracking. So- That's right, I got, my, done. Soup. I got my soup in no time, bro. Right, right. You know, essentially, I mean, we've, we've done better. You know, we've probably done 70% better than the year before. Wow. Part, partially because of COVID, but then just improvements along the way. You know, you just gotta always kind of constantly put money back into your business to improve the experience. You know, yeah. when you when you when you send an order, when when you make an order, you get a confirmation. Two days later, you get another one saying, "Hey, if you haven't gotten your tracking yet, it's coming. The next one is the tracking. You know what I'm saying? Now you're gonna get one to say, "Hey, how did you like the fragrance? You know, COVID mm -hmm. made you feel like you don't need a um, brick and mortar at this point. Oh yeah, I mean, even before COVID, we didn't really need a brick and mortar. Um, I kind of mentor some some entrepreneurs and, and up and coming entrepreneurs. And at this point, if you're not mobile, let's say foods, you wanna do a food truck, or you don't have a product that you can send in the mail, is a wrap. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because that that's where we are now. It's not only, you know, um, just digital, but it's global. I mean, we send products right. all over the world. So right. now instead of us having a customer base of 350 million people in America, you add on Canada, you add on Mexico, you add on Europe, you add on all these different. So now we got billions of people that will buy our product. So I'll say this, if you have a product that you can sell hand, I mean, that you can ship, that's what you need to do. But you need to capture your audience first. So like we became something in this in this city before we were able to branch out, you know, because 
that experience between the customer you start knowing okay customers like this so now when somebody contacts me from elsewhere i can give them the answer because i got 35 customers that have already said this fragrance smells like this you know what i'm saying yo describe or outline a typical day oh my gosh um i'll be honest as an entrepreneur it's really nothing typical just because you know you're kind of always um, calling audibles, you know, and I, I use a lot of sports analogies, but sometimes you see something. I had a, a, a one of my team members had migraines this morning, so he couldn't come to work. Well, I got to shift what I was going to do. That newsletter that was going to bring in X amount of orders, I got to push that back. Okay, we got new fragrances in. I got to go unpack that for them there. Now, oh, I got samples of this. This was going to come. So you kind of shifting things around. Um, so it, it, it it does vary, um, but it starts early and it ends late. I'll say that, you know. Um, but but again, I am fortunate to be able to spend time with my family, and um, I try to make, you know, when people come to work, it's they don't they they're not dreading it. They're not like, oh my god, you know, you know. I I try to make it make it nice, a nice experience. You know what I'm you saying? You being a business owner, what are the responsibilities you take, and then how many hours do you put on an average? Um, responsibilities wise, again, I'm the, you know, so get a coach, get a coach. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the coach. So, you know, IRS, uh, Florida, uh, uh, Florida sales tax, uh, Shopify, Square, eBay, Amazon, you know, ordering. I mean, so there's a lot in the wheelhouse and I'll, I'll be honest, if I was more organized, I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to y'all. I'd probably be in wherever, some, <laughs> somewhere else enjoying <laughs> other weather on the beach. But part part of the success does come with the ability to pivot instead of having to go, oh, I gotta do it this way or my day is done. Nah, sometimes yeah. you just gotta roll with the punches. Um, so as far as responsibility goes, it does fall on me because again, it's, it's family members. So it's like my yeah. team, but then my other family, my real family, you know what I'm saying? My blood family. So I got to get the time in with them too. We have a, a, a question actually from a, another person on the panel um, sent the question in saying, do you send samples to potential customers? So we, not potential customers anymore, only because what happens is, well, first we've been in the game long enough. I mean, and, and, and not to sound, you know, cocky or arrogant, but we have tens of thousands of reviews on eBay. Our website has 50,000 reviews. On Amazon, we like four and a half stars. So what happens is there's a, you know, there's a game out here. So people will say, hey. It's not just customer service. And I feel like I said the last time, it's not just customer service, it's customer satisfaction. Exactly, exactly. that's the experience people want. People want the satisfaction. Exactly. I'm doing business with you. Got well, right. I think he was going to that people are trying to finesse a sample out of you and never right. <laughs> right. And and right. And I'm not saying that that always happens, mm-hmm. but because of our footprint, we get that all the time. And we mm-hmm. just can't. It's not even that we can't afford to do it, but time-wise, we can't afford to do it because if we have 80 orders to go out, we can't send out a hundred um, packages of free samples. I will say this: we are going to be doing like a free sample. I, I, we haven't done any um, paid marketing. So 
we haven't done any Instagram, any Facebook, this, that, and the third, but we are going to do a, a free sample pack of the top 10 fragrances, but we kind of have to gear up for it. Like I, I need to get another staff member okay, and just kind of put the time in, like have it ready because right now with every order, you do get free samples. So now if you spend $30, you're gonna get four or five free samples of fragrances that haven't come out yet and are not even not gonna be in your radar because most of the time you never heard of these fragrances. I get customers that send me fragrances now and say, hey, can you make this? You know, and a lot of times a, a, a cat just a cat just saying he has his own business. He just sent me, it's probably about $550 worth of fragrances. So we'll 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 reverse manufacture them and then I'll send him out this samples of the oil he'll say okay that's a go i'll mass produce it send him some for free and then now we'll carry that as a business so so to the person the person that's on this they can get free samples they just have to um they can email email matter of fact add us on instagram fragrant body oils and just say you're the one who asked about the free samples and i'll make sure you know they get free samples because that's obviously not a finesse but Again, this you know how the world goes, man. There's, there's so many ways yeah, to do it. We get it. What? Man, man. Tell us so. the. Uh, we got another question. Tell us the benefit of wearing oils instead of cologne and perfume. Okay, so the obvious benefit um, is cost, um, which would be right up there with quality. Most of the time, people don't realize. These companies that you trust, <laughs> they finessing you. Like they are, they are putting. Okay, so I, I tell people all the time that the fragrance industry is similar to the movie popcorn industry. How much popcorn could you buy for eight dollars? If you was in, you could buy a truckload of popcorn for eight dollars. But when you go to the movies, they give you a medium. You don't even get the large for eight dollars. So at this point fragrance game is the same way I, I was just about to say another name but these high-end companies they'll give you small amounts of, of fragrance oil because that's all cologne and perfumes are they're fragrance Maybe oils two oils last longer man right so again quality cost and it's better for your skin because you, you're just putting alcohol on your skin essentially 95% of what you spray on is alcohol you might get 5% fragrance Wow. so you know, and, and and the game has changed because of again technology. So back in the days, you couldn't afford to dupe fragrances, but now companies have these. There's these these machines that they have. I'm going to it, but they have machines that reverse engineer the fragrance. So it's cost effective now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. JS Selfcare also says I make body butter, and I'd like to stop buying from our Arabs in Brooklyn. Okay, yeah, just just um hit hit me up on uh fragrant body oils on uh Instagram, um the body butters that's a that's a nice that's a nice place to be too, um we do shea butters we we do um we do a uh, a a, de- a deodorized shea butter that we mix with fragrance but we don't necessarily do the whipped and the because again that's time sensitive so it's we don't have I mean you know we just don't have the time to make certain products we already carry lotion shower gel. Shea butters, cologne so, sprays. Yeah, right. Soap is good. So, so yeah, the soaps. 
shine a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's what's the most satisfying moment in business for you? Um, man, there's there's so many. Um, but I, I, two, I really like the fact that at this point, you know, I've I've gotten to the point where I can talk to my family a certain way. And, and can tell people, yo, y'all are good. Don't y'all don't y'all don't have to worry about it. You know, Rob, you know my mom's. I tell her, yo, you you can put your feet up. You don't have to worry. You know what I'm saying? So, and my son, the the conversation I have with my son, I just had it with him. I think maybe a week ago. I say, yo, all you got to do is stay off drugs, work hard, and you ain't got to you don't got to work for nobody the rest of your life. You can work for yourself from twelve to infinity. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He don't have to struggle in that sense. Yeah, he don't have to struggle in that sense because once you get a business mind, man, it, and God forbid something happened with my oil business. I got three, four other businesses I already know to work. I just, I don't have the time to do it. But when your mind starts thinking in that kind of way, you start seeing things differently. You know, just like just like a boxer. A boxer when a boxer's boxer, he sees stuff different than regular people. You know what I'm saying? Because he's done it so much. So now I see how money, money is attracted to you solving people's problems. You know what I'm saying? So when you solving people's problems, you can make money off of that. And you don't, and it's an honest way. I know people don't like salespeople and I'm not a salesperson per se, but if you need something, I can get it for you with a smile. That's what I'm saying. That's the service. When you can provide a service that quantifies and gives people that satisfaction, they coming back every day. Yeah. Tell us how much the barbershops and salons been as a supportive factor. Have you got um, some barbershops and salons? Yeah. So we do a lot of wholesaling too. So like we have packages where we'll do a hundred roll-ons, and then you could we'll put your information on the bottle, and you just throw it up in your barbershop or your salon. So we got a lot of those people. Um, early on, when I was really having to get out there and pound the pavement, I was going barbershop to salon and going in there talking to them giving them free samples saying hey we could do xyz but i'll be honest the barbershop business um there, there's there's a missing piece like that the, the refinement of barbershop business is missing in black barbershops not all but at this point why don't we have a or why is there not a nationwide chain of barbershops Correct. because the refinement is not there they're missing a piece of how how barbershops should be. So what I find is when I wanna introduce products to the barbers, it's always backbiting and oh you gotta talk to him or no, nah, he said he don't want that in here or he gotta do this and he gotta instead of embracing it and not looking at me as if I'm trying to get over on you, I'm trying to enhance your business because if somebody is gonna get an oil from here after you I do I do uh, aftershaves. I kind of I've kind of lessened that in my business, but I was giving aftershave out to barbershops. And going back to them, it was always a a, a hassle, you know? Um, but again, I do have a lot of barbershops and salons, but I don't, I don't have a lot of interaction anymore. Are you familiar with this company out of Baltimore? I think they're called Gentleman's Choice. Now, this, no. this, now when you go in there, right off of uh, St. Charles Street, downtown Baltimore. This place is the ultimate gentleman experience. Mm. As you walk in there, the dude is actually got a bow tie. Mm. And the, it, it, look, it almost looks like 
a, a, a bar counter because they had so many different colognes in there. Mm. He squirts you on your wrist. Right. He sends you upstairs. They mm. get thrown up. They put the put the hot rag on your face. Yeah. They you up nice. Then you come back down. Spritz you again. <laughs> and, you and, and, million dollars. And so I, I bet. And I and I bet you he not hurting for business. Not at all. His business is good. I'm going to make sure I find out to you and I'm going to plug you in with that. You, yeah, you know what yeah. I think has happened to a lot of um, barbershops in terms of refinement, especially in the hood. Like maybe the, there's, there's been an attempt, I think, to refine, but I think the money has been allocated um, improperly. Like thing, people have done things like instead of figuring out, you know, like in Connecticut, we have most of the barbershops have app systems and stuff like that for booking. Right. But in the right. hood, you know, you go into the hood, they'll spend the money on putting a flat screen on the wall. Exactly. Uh, a exactly. system. And, you know, it's, 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 it's you why you there, man. And they'll do, yeah. and they'll do all that. And still, they'll do all that and charge 10 to $12 a haircut. Whereas, you know, you go somewhere else, they put the money into the Aviance and That's they put what... the money into the app, the booking system and the products and right. the merchandise and all that stuff. Right. And get $5 a haircut. Right. I mean, again, and when I mean, when I'm saying refinement in business, there's small things that you change on your business that increase the value of your business. Oil labels. When people come into my shop and somebody wrote on their labels, you got this? And I'm like, somebody wrote on that? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's where you get your oil? Look at mine. Now, we don't even have a small label. We got the big label made in the U.S. Gives you the ingredients. It shows you our website. It gives you the Instagram. All on one label. Now, that one label might cost me four cents, but now I can charge an extra 75 cents because it just looks better. You see what I'm saying? So even like it's like you said, in the in the barbershops, the same exact thing. I go to barbershops and you know, they don't it's no just experience to it. it's, it's still a hustle. And it's like, yo, you have to learn how to get, get with the technology and understand, like you said, the booking system. There's no way in the world now we should be waiting in the barbershop for three hours, dog. Exactly. Just open your phone, press, and if you ain't here at this time, well, the next person. we got the next person. Yeah. yeah. So, so we got your social media right there. Yes, uh, well, give us the rest of your information if people want to get in contact with you to purchase oils. Um, so fragrant body oils with a Z.com. If you use fragrant body oils with an S, it's gonna it's, it'll bounce you to the Z. Um, fragrant body oils at Instagram. Uh, I don't really use fragrant body oils world at Facebook. But if you hit me on Instagram, you know, have any questions or, you know, comments or if you want to just chop it up about something, you have an idea or something, you can hit me there. Info at FragrantBodyOils.com is the email address. But again, if you just look up Fragrant Body Oils and put it in your Google, we're going to come up, you know. Thank you. Well, I I appreciate you coming on, man, and sharing. I appreciate y'all brothers, man. I'm proud of y'all, man. Keep doing what y'all doing, man. Yes, sir. Y'all, y'all done had some legends on there, man. I was like, yo. We're <laughs> trying. we trying. Yeah, man. All right, y'all. I appreciate y'all. Peace. All right, bro. Peace. All right, peace. Yeah, that's dope. I went to I went to private school with him, man. His mom's was my teacher, man. My seventh for eighth grade teacher, man. Small private school. Another another entrepreneur tactic. Um, this family out of St. Thomas and St. Croix. Started this private school in the South Bronx, and trust me, man, the lessons that came out of that place, I still walk with to this day. I still get up early. A lot of things that I do. Okay, so next person we want to bring up, 
It's Jadel Sims for JSL Care. How you doing, Janelle? Hello, let me do a dance for y'all. Ha happy anniversary. <laughs> I love it. Ah, thank you. Thank you. You've been on the grind since we're a year in. A year yeah. for a year flew by. Dance out fast. Real fast. Diddy. <laughs> so tell us tell us about JS Self-Care. Okay, guys. So I started my career in the South Bronx, born and raised as a social worker. And you always hear one thing in the field. What is that? Y'all only work nine to five, but they use other choice words. Y'all never hear when we need you. Other choice words with that as well. And that always, always stuck with, stuck with me. And they are right. The latest you could get a therapist is 8 p.m. on a Wednesday, right? They usually do Wednesday late hours. Nothing really happens between a nine to five hour. If we're honest with ourselves, we're paper pushers, right? Okay. Because we're working for companies. Right. We're paper pushes. Um, I then moved upstate, continued my career. I started in preventive. So I started in foster care in the Bronx, then I went over to preventive. Super dope because I was able to keep families together. But what was the biggest complaint there? Y'all only work nine to five. Always stuck, stuck with me and believe you me, it stuck with me. I've been in this field for 17 years. I'm going on my 18th year in November. And it, and it really hurt me because they, they are 110% correct. There's never nobody there when people really need that mental health conversation, not the police conversation. They need that, that person to come in and say, hey, it's okay, I get it. And once they hear your tone, because people could say, well, you're not from upstate, you're from the city. They could tell. And then they're like, you're relatable. And I don't, we're not allowed, of course, to go into our own personal business. So instead of me saying, hey, my dad was a crackhead and my mother was a worker, I'll probably use, my cousin was a crackhead. I get it. Improvise. Yeah, when you use that terminology, what they're used to, they get it. They like, wow, you're mad cool. I could work with you. And that's why um, I had a success with clients and I still do because I'm able to walk in the Bronx, New York safely and in Orange County and I remove people, kids. But because you're so relatable that they love it. And one thing that we're told not to do, never tell a client that you call the case on them, but still go to their house. Clients are not stupid. They know you called the case. So before I leave a home, I'll be like, look, you know, I got to call this in. I'm a mandated reporter, but I'm going to sit here. I'm going to call you in, but I'm also going to walk you through this calling. You're not going to ever be alone without your caseworker. Clients love that. Um, I told my mom, so let me just fast forward. That's the career part. I still work my nine to five. I told my mom, two, she died two years ago, but I said, mom, I'm going to go live on Facebook. Now, mind you, Facebook is only the people I know from 168th and Boston Road and people I encountered. That's all my Facebook friends. And I said, I'm going to go on Facebook and Instagram. I couldn't get Instagram to work, so I went on Facebook. <laughs> you know, technology, we OLD. I'll tell a person that in a minute. I don't know this stuff. I grew up with pay phones, okay, and Nintendo. So, went on live and mind you, like I said, these are only hood people that I grew up with. What was one of the comments? 
the hood needed this. So I remember telling my mom, and of course I got that mother like, whatever you want to do, you want to sell lollipops outside, I'm going to support you. I had that supportive mom. Anything we wanted to do, she always had our backs. And I went live and it was so weird. It was like 397 people liking it. But all people I know, it's not strangers or anything. And the, that comment, the hood needed this. That's all I needed to hear. And it was about self-love. Right. Nothing more. Um, was I walking the love of the, the was I walking the walk of self-love and self-care when I first started? Absolutely not. I still lived a reckless life and still a social worker. And when I say reckless, not really out in the street, but my behaviors didn't align with self-care. Right. Mm. So I was still on my personal pages, and then you get Janelle, you gotta turn this into a business. And I'm like, what? I'm just being real. And then I offended a few people when I told them self-care is not getting your hair and nails done and feeling broken when you leave. Talk about it, man. Self-care. <laughs> that's, that's a do that's You got to let people know the truth because people start to feel like their outer appearance is more important than their inner spirit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All day, man. It's, it's your mind that creates all the things outside anyway. So why aren't you taking care of your mind first? And then taking care of your skin, your face, your body, your look after. Thank you. And that's what I said. And it offended a lot of people. And was I raised to believe that that was self-care? Yeah. My parents, aunts, go do self-care. Go to the salon. Guys, go to the barbershop. So we looking amazing and feeling like a piece of crap on the inside. Mm. So I reversed it, and, and if it offends anyone, I'm not sorry, but when you work on yourself from the inside to the outside, you wouldn't care if you got on eyelashes and walking around in the supermarket looking like Barbie dolls. Because right. now when I walk in the supermarket, I'm like, where's Ken? Where's Ken? I mean, people are waking up eight o'clock in the morning to mask themselves. That's a mask. Mm. And I gotta be truthful with myself. I wanted to wear tight jeans, my shirt halfway open to show my cleavage because I didn't love myself. But I was looking for that attention when I'm at the club, when I'm at the bars. Oh, he liked me. He liked me. Not to say I took any of them home, but that was that's the image that we gave you guys so that you guys could say, hey, look at that fine girl. No matter what she I don't care if she was calling. I don't right. care if she went to college. She could have went to the fifth grade. Look at her body. <laughs> <laughs> and that was what I was giving off. And sure. What? Describe a typical day in your world. Okay, in my nine to five world, we could get a case for trauma, a whole bunch of traumas, neglect, physical abuse, and sexual abuse. That's a day. That's a nine to five day. So. I'm being traumatized at work because of viewing those traumatic events for each family. That's a typical nine to five day. As a self-care life coach, what I became is, it's a life of helping people at that 10 o'clock hour. It's a beautiful life at the 10 o'clock hour. But during the day, and, it, and I'm not ready to quit. I love what I do and it keeps me in the mix and I get free. <laughs> Right, Free right, trainings. Right. They pay for your training. So it's super Because right. I was going to ask you, my second question was going to ask you, what keeps you motivated? 
I truly love what I do. When I see the smiles on my client's face, that they know that they're here, but they're gonna get there. And that's the goal that you wanna leave a person with. You may be here, you may not have no food, you make your kids are all out, cursing you out. We get those, you know, the kids ain't listening, they out here selling drugs, all those things. But guess what? We're going to get them together. Yeah. And how you get a teenager together is my brother was murdered. But of course, I don't say, you know, I don't say my brother. My cousin was murdered. His body was left where his parents couldn't find him in Baltimore, Maryland. So they hid his body in a park. So how do you be relatable to that teenager? Let me tell you something. This is what can happen. This, it, you're getting money, you looking fly, Jordan ain't paying you no mind because you buying all his sneakers. You don't even know you, but this could be the end result. And um, now when the kids, they may not stop selling drugs and stuff, but when I walk in those buildings, they go, hey sis, let her buy. Make sure nothing happened to her because I had a conversation with them and I told them this is where it could go. That doesn't mean that I can make you change your life but I know something I said impacted your life. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the things that um, that always stands out to me is like where we come from, you know, we've all been subjected to PTSD. Just growing up in the hood, the things that we've seen and we've experienced are right. things that kids probably shouldn't um, experience. And sadly, I think we've become numb to it, you know? Uh, one of the transitions that I had to make when I first moved out to, um, to the suburbs was probably being like a little bit more trusting of the people around. You know, every the people we grew up with, our parents, they're like, yo, you go in your friend's house, who's the friend? I gotta be the parent, I need to see this, I need to see that, and it's that. And then, you know, I spent some time working in foster care also and in preventive care. So, you know, you add that to the mix and you start talking about SCR clearances and checking people's backgrounds and all that. You know, but the reality of it is like, that's not, that's not normal. That's not, that's not normal. So how do you, I guess, how do you get clients to sort of separate themselves from the trauma that they've experienced so they can live a fruitful life without without all that stress and having to be overly hypervigilant? What, what you do is you have to, it's the conversation, I'm gonna tell you. When you say, yo, check this out, I'm gonna keep it 100, that's their language. You cannot go there and say the psychology book said, well, B.F. Skinner said this was gonna happen. <laughs> the in the ego, they looking at us like we got 20 heads. What? But when you speak their language, and that's the thing. And um, I always tell people, get a therapist that look like you. Get a therapist that's somewhere from where you're from. Because uh, I would not be relatable to someone who lives in Beverly Hills. I would love their money coming in, because you're looking at like $1,500 an hour for a coach. But I'm not relatable to their stuff. They crying because they didn't get a pocketbook. And we crying because we on a free cheese lot. You see the difference? Yeah. So it's a difference. From where we like, we love that free cheese. That macaroni and cheese was slamming <laughs> them cheeseburgers. And they looking at us like that. So when you think of things like that, you got to go to where your client is. Your client don't meet, don't meet you where you're at. And everybody in the work world has that mentality. Your client, your customer, you got to meet them where they at. You want them to purchase your product. You want them to trust in you as a life coach. You want them to know that you know what you're talking about. But you got to meet them where they at. And that is the only key that can get clients to move and shape. 
They're so, not gonna shake and move. What are, what what are some of the things that people come to you for in terms of coaching? Like, what are they a career? What? A lot of it. Um, I am a life coach, and I coach you from where you're at. But when we're honest, a lot of it starts from that childhood piece. Like you said it, you guys said it. It it really starts because you're really talking to that five-year-old girl who watched her mother get killed by her husband. You're talking to that five-year-old girl who saw her father get killed or was molested by her father. Because you got to remember when a traumatic, and you know this, Shannon, but when a traumatic event happens to us, what happens? We grow old. Mm-hmm. But we're still in that same yep. space. Right. And the only way that we get out of that 12-year-old boy or 15-year-old girl is to work through it. And I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of people say, oh, forget it. That happened to you when you was eight. Then you wonder why the behaviors are this way. Why is this little girl so promiscuous? Why does this teenage girl only want to date drug dealers? Because in their household, there was money. They're used to that fast money. When you're sending somebody to go work who has never worked, that's like a shocker to them. You got to tell them the benefits of working because they don't know what a pension is. Mm-hmm. You got to be, they don't have an idea. And when you're talking to them in those languages, they don't understand what you're saying. So then they say, oh, you trying to be bougie. You trying to be better than us, but you're not trying to be better. You're trying to educate them, but they don't get that part. So they think you're trying to be better. So what is, is the coaching um, face-to-face? So it's virtual, it's over the phone. How does that work? Right now it is virtual due to COVID. Um, I did have a client who was in crisis in Jersey. So I drove out to Jersey and we had lunch together. So the coaching could be, it can meet you where you're at, you and your family. It's where you guys are at. Um, Will I travel from state to state um, once right. once I... How wide range are you? Like, what's your... Well, right now I'm local. I'm doing a lot of Zoom calls. Um, but with our travel, yes. And, and people will pay for you to travel. So yes, I will travel eventually. Um, I'm taking this time to pivot the, um, the, the business. So we're pivoting. We had a pivoting moment. Um, the business is actually doing well. So the pandemic actually helped me out. Um, not that people died or anything, please. COVID didn't help me out. But when people were able to sit alone, something none of us never did in our entire life. We never sat down for months or days with ourselves. So when people are meeting that ugly person, which is them, it's really hard for them because they don't want to meet that person. They want to go out, rip and run, so they don't think. Right, right, right. How do you manage your fears? What, how, what are your greatest fears, and how do you manage your fears? My greatest fear is that, um, is that, um, well, I've I've been through death on the other side at the nine to five, but my greatest fear is one of these clients committing suicide. That is because um, I will do everything. I'm a mandated reporter. I'm a call a suicide hotline, all of that stuff. But being that nobody's talking about suicide, and we all know if you go to statistics, it has gone up drastically. In all facets, all areas, man. Yes, babies, children. And and they're not talking about it in the media. Nope. But um, when I wake up and I don't, 
like see a client post on Instagram for like two days, I'm telling you automatically that fear is there. Wow. Hey, how you doing? You good? You okay? Um, on my nine to five, my biggest fear is losing a client to the opiate addiction, um, the overdose and the PCP. Yeah. Because I don't know how PCP came back, but it's back with a vengeance. Them the, the opioids though up in Orange, because Orange is royal, uh, rural, that meth up there. Yeah, the crystal meth. Yeah. We have a lot of crystal meth houses, so you don't know if you're going to go in the house and they're going to light a match and you're going to blow up because they're cooking the stuff in their homes upstate. So those are the fears, but um, I'm a believer of God. I know God would not put nobody on the list, um, but I just, you know, I my biggest thing i'm gonna be honest with you get somebody to talk to a therapist a life coach i don't care who it is right get somebody to talk to you cannot do this alone not in the way the world is going right now you can't i can't i have a therapist and if you're meeting with a therapist who doesn't have a therapist you need to question that and the reason why you should ask your therapist do they have a therapist is because what are they doing to unpack all the stuff that they're getting mm -hmm. So Zane, I pack all my stuff that I'm getting. Zane said, being an entrepreneur, what was some of the best advice you received in relation to the mental health industry? The best advice is don't stop. <laughs> that it don't pay much? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. You always say that. <laughs> yeah, we make pennies to a dollar. There's no money in this field. You have to have a passion for this field. I do not suggest anyone to go to school to just get out of school and want to go out and help people because you're not helping them, you're hurting them. Mm. So the best advice is if you're not ready to sit at this type of table, don't sit at it because you saw it on Google or you saw somebody doing it right. because you will hurt our clients. And there's many people that I train and um, they're at a client's home. I'm talking to the client, trying to teach them. And these social workers are saying, well, the book said, you know, I'm like, they don't know nothing about that book. <laughs> don't tell them you got a book because now they thinking you're writing a book about them. And um, that's because they saw something to attract them to help people. Mm -hmm. You really gotta be in the trenches. And the ones that I say out in the trenches is us who grew up in Harlem, us who grew up in the Bronx, us who we grew experienced up- experienced some kind of hurt, yeah. We, we knew, we remember when there was only one black being to pick a body. So how many bodies was just laying on our blocks while we sitting there eating Chinese food? And that's one of the slogans that I use. I could see a dead body and eat Chinese food because that happened in my life. It was white sheets everywhere. That's what we saw. We saw people brains because they didn't take the white sheet and cover it all. Right, yeah. right, right, you know? right. Mm -hmm. so, how, sure. do you, how do you define success? Well, in my field, I define success not monetary. I find success in seeing those clients pivot. And they do, they really do. They may go small steps that people judge, but don't judge. If a client is home receiving DSS funding and they go get a job at McDonald's, act like a cheerleader and praise right. them. Don't judge because you don't know where they came from and how they got there, but look at them now. So I love that. Look at me now. Can't stop, won't stop. Be like Nike and just do it. I use all those slogans. 
um, even Remy Ma, I'm all the way up, because you could get all the way up. It's just that you've got to get from where you're at now. You're right now in a crisis, but you can get 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 somewhere, most definitely. I always try to tell people, man, practice encouragement. Encouragement goes a long way, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, just let someone know, you're great. Oh, I yeah. see you. So keep going. That's the fuel to the fire for a lot of people, man. So practice encouragement is a great thing. Well, you know, we got you. We have your social media on the screen, but go ahead and plug plug yourself. You know, if people want to get in contact with you. Okay, like I said, get a, get a mental health therapist or a life coach and do your research first and foremost because there is scammers in our field. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. Look at their credentials. Make sure they write for you. That's the advice I'm gonna give. You can catch me at JSLP on all social media social media networks. Um, I'm now on Clubhouse, so I'm going to be teaching on Clubhouse as well. Um, it's all JS Self Care. Um, the address to my business is you Google JS Self Care. It's my home. I have a room in my home, which I created as an office space. Nice. Um, my phone number is 917 449 4042. I never changed my number from the Bronx. That's an old number. And I said, look, that's going to be the business number. I'm not about to remember all these numbers. I'm not about to remember all these numbers. Um, I've been in business two years and never had one crane caller. So they know that this is real. They know where I'm from. They know that if they want to contact that they can day or night. My business is 24 hours and I'm a one man show until I get my building. Right. That's right. Thank you, Janelle. Thanks for pulling up on us. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a good evening. Okay. You you guys too and enjoy yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, so there you have it. We entrepreneurs. Serious out here, bro. Mm-hmm. Come on, plug big products. You know, so we have fragrance, we have space, and we have self-care. You can't beat that. Yo, so I'm excited about what the next year holds, man. Like we, I, I look at the archives, we, we covered a lot in a year. A lot in a year, man. Every Friday or every two, every Monday, every other. We've been steady going, man. And like I said, man, let's just keep going forward. Let's, let's, let's change the narrative. It doesn't have to be all music. It could be an entrepreneur. It could be an artist. It could be a teacher. It could be a psychiatrist. It could be... Someone out here just helping people in the street. Everybody has a story, man, and it needs to be told. So check us out, man. Here we are, five days original, one year in. So a couple of things we got coming up for um for this week. Wednesday, we got Tragedy Gaddafi, 9 p.m. Uh, we got uh, an interview we're going to be actually recording and airing at a later date with his artist, G Stats. Then Friday, we got the founder of Genius, for those who don't know what Genius is, Genius is the app that allows you to see all of the lyrics for the songs that everybody likes. Then, uh, as of April 5th, we got producer Ayatollah. Uh, so we got a lot of things lined up. Also, uh, looking around, looking at web designers to see about possibly starting up the website. Some um, some some new merch. Right, right, yeah, we got some. Come, coming soon too so we, we... i'm about to plug myself but not yet not yet <laughs> nah, nah, good. You good. yeah I'm, I'm, the, I'm the designer of the new merch that came out of myself <laughs> i got some ideas i'm throwing out there shout out to lt harris 
<laughs> putting her little her little spin on it too, man. She's the one that's that's producing the shirts, man. Got, yeah, yeah, I hear you back there. <laughs> Look, I, I got I got some I got some great thoughts. I got you know I'm I'm a guy with slogans and, and little things, little sayings and all that. So be on be on the lookout for some stuff, man. Yeah, you have it. Zane, where you at? Zane, you out there, bro? Zane, where you at? Well. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I'm saying good night for Zane also. We'll catch you on Wednesday. Peace, everybody. Peace.